that's a growler. Welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and the world capsized. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I'm Charity Steele. Hey everybody, it is me again, Brad Mendenhall from the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. They keep letting me back. Ooh. We're going to keep you here all week, Brad. Dr. Brad Brad in the house! <laughs> hey, that name is reserved for Ryan Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Uh, I, I miss Ryan so much. Yeah, I haven't talked with him uh, aside from a couple of me- Facebook messages here and there. You guys are minute by minute podcasters. You know, it's so weird where you go so long talking to your partner at least once a week recording, and then you're done. It's like, all right, I'll talk to you at some point. <laughs> I'm actually really excited because he and his uh, beautiful wife, Katie, are going to be on uh, the main show for our annual Halloween episode, our second annual Halloween episode to talk about their favorite horror oh, movies. Nice. And it's going to be my first time uh, talking with them uh, since uh, since the show ended, so it's v- going to be very <laughs> exciting. It's going to be a, a tearful reunion. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I think we have a couple like follow up things, or it's like we'll do this movie and we'll talk to this person and. <laughs> we'll just do a bonus episode because yeah, that's going to be weird. And it's like I don't have a reason to text you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people that and that are doing these minute by minute podcasts ha- that have come together similar to the way you and ryan did or the way tyranny and i did a lot of us end up like when we get to the end we're like i don't really want it to end <laughs> maybe there's other stuff we can throw in there like you know we do have sequels that we can talk about without actually having to do minute by minute and we'll yeah. see if we can get interviews and stuff something just to Stay connected. <laughs> well, and just the sequels to Neverending Story, that's that was a severe <laughs> drop in quality. Yes, that's why I've we don't heard. I really don't want to do a minute by minute, but I am willing to watch them and talk about them at least. Yeah. And and I know this is a little bit off the, the subject matter, but I remember I was really excited about the second Neverending Story. Uh, first because I loved the first movie so much. And second, before the movie started, they had a brand new Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck short film and they hadn't done that in a long time and uh, I love Bugs Bunny growing up and uh, my favorites were to be the ones where it would be Bugs and Daffy getting chased by Elmer Fudd and yelling duck season rabbit season and (laughs) Daffy getting shot in the face with a shotgun (laughs) so I see I go to the movie and they show it and it was terrible not not just the movie but the Bugs and Daffy short I was like oh oh they don't know how to do this anymore (laughs) <laughs> for some reason one of my favorites is when he gets the super the superman powers i've always loved that episode <laughs> oh that was a great one yeah well and again going completely off topic but those animated shorts weren't really designed to be for kids we right. think of those yeah. as for kids but those were those were movies those shorts played before all sorts of movies and they were you know kids obviously like them but they also were very funny and had some sly adult humor <laughs> not unlike a never-ending story where this is a kids movie but it's a kids movie directed by a german director with a very adult sensibility the yeah. movie he did before this was das boot it's <laughs> a bunch of nazis stuck in a submarine that's gonna you know get crushed so yeah. works on those many levels uh, speaking of drama directed by Wolfgang Peterson, <laughs> well done. 
Uh, today we're going to talk about minute 77 of the never-ending story. The first one, the best one. Uh, it starts with a tray holding onto a tree as the nothing destroys the world around him. Told you, dramatic. And it ends with Falcorn flying through the rubble that remains of Fantasia. So the world ends in this minute, basically. How well do you guys remember the first time you saw this movie? I don't because I was three. Um, I don't know about remembering the very first time, but I actually I probably would do. And like I've said before, I'm pretty sure it was when I rented it from the movie theater and watched it at my grandmother's house. I, I do remember seeing this for the first time and just being stunned because the scene leading up to this, where everything's about to go kablooey and the, the bad guy is about to win and destroy the planet. and it worked. He blew up the planet. The planet is gone. I was like, what? What? And in my little brain, it was like, okay, well, it looks like the good guy's lost. That uh, <laughs> that doesn't really work for me. I definitely remember that feeling, too, like that despair, like just sinking in, like, no, they, they didn't win. They didn't make it. Everything's gone. But see... I think I was picking up on the dramatic, I mean, first of all, such dramatic music. And it is very like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But uh, even before we cut to that, how is Felcor resisting the nothing? He is flying through the storm to Atreyu. This doesn't... (sighs) With luck, of course. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know who could have used some luck? Whoever had to do those rocks flying through the air. Because what really frustrates me is, so far, this whole destruction scene has been so good. We've seen the earth cracking apart. We've seen trees being uprooted. The entire set has been tipped on its side and rocks have been dumping down. And now the rocks are flying through the air and there are lines around every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So frustrating. If you just took out the, like, last two times it cuts to the rocks flying through the air. Right. It would have been fine, because you can maybe see a little of it before that, but it's really subtle and not at all noticeable. And then in those last two, it's so noticeable. Only if we're going second by second, Tierney. Only if we're going (laughs) second by second. (laughs) I noticed it, and I was distraught. (laughs) I've said before, doing a uh, minute-by-minute podcast is a great way to really pick out all the great things about a movie and also completely ruin the movie for you. (laughs) Yeah, we've actually been pretty lucky that this the goods well way, outweigh the bads. Yeah, We'll see a moment or two here and there, but for the most part, I'm still blown away by some of the stuff that they managed to accomplish with the effects that they had in the t- at the time. Well, and I was blown away. It actually is all the minutes in this week up to now, and including the future, but um, think of the sound editing that went into this scene. Yes. It's amazing. And I'm going nuts because I was looking at the casting and credits. So there's Peter Bond, additional sound editor. I don't see sound editor in this listing, in this crew listing anywhere. I see tons of sound mixers and sound technicians and all sorts of stuff and the Foley editor. But like, I cannot just find the straight up who is the sound editor for this movie. It's Mike Lamar. Yeah. Supervising sound editor. Oh. Why is he not listed in the sound department? He is. It's supervising sound editor. Under sound, it's in the middle. It's supervising sound editor, Mike Lamar. I thought I was looking. Yeah, because remember we talked about the three assistants, Evelyn and and 
Bridget. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I've saved you this. So this you week, sing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> this week we have a lot of returns, callbacks that we had earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. um, and most of them begin today. So first of all, we have the return of the dog from the skies. <laughs> just like it's actually just like, not the best effect, but I'm just happy for them reunited. Yeah, it is almost exactly like the first time that Falcor came out of the sky to save Atreyu, and guess what? He's going to save Atreyu again, because we also have the return of the slow motion catch. It's a little <laughs> bit better done in this one, though. I have to agree. I was yep, going to say the same thing. They show less of his leg. It's a lot better. <laughs> and those ears are just flapping like crazy as he comes down from the sky. Tierney, how much do you love those ears? A lot. A lot. <laughs> Oh man, it's the other day I met a dog that looked a lot like the dog I had growing up. And when I texted my mom to tell her, she was like, weren't you on your way to your ultrasound? Could you tell me like how my grandson's doing? And I was like, but first I need to tell you about this dog. Okay, picture our dog, but slightly smaller and slightly less curly and much better behaved. And she was like, I hate you so much right now. Like, I don't care about a dog. I want to know about a baby. It's really dangerous when dog people get pregnant. I I remember... (laughs) A friend of my mom who was, she was in her early 40s. She was not expecting ever to become a mom. Her and her husband got pregnant, and she said to my mom, was like, yeah, we were planning on getting a dog, but we decided not to. And I was like, how come? It's like, we we're afraid we we're going to like the dog more than the kid. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tierney, I want to take you, take you down a small trip. All right. Go, go to second 25. And I just want to know how much you appreciate this great shot Noah Hathaway's butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rather accentuated in look, these pants. Look, leggings. I don't know if you've ever uh, re- seen horse riders and breeches. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I did not pick up on that while taking my notes, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I can do to help. Um, I'm here for you, Judy. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and we get our building. Music comes in, and... The, the basket catch is much better. And then the music actually reaches its climax in the cutback to the attic. Yeah, and we, and we get the first shot of uh, Bastion in in uh, this week. So I was like, oh, Bastion. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I don't get a lot of them. I get so much great stuff in the minutes you guys gave me. But it's like, oh, very little Bastion. There's no uh, major mm-hmm. dad. So that that was uh, something I had to wanted to live with. <laughs> yeah, he unfortunately is not around for much of this movie. Ew. Much I'm, I'm guessing like much like he is in Bastion's life as it is. <laughs> not around a whole lot. <laughs> Aw. I'm so torn because I love the way this is edited with like, the gasp and the poof of air almost dims the can like it does it dims the candles it almost puts them out but not quite and the way it's timed up is so great and then i think they just linger on him a couple seconds too long too and long. all he's doing is staring and i just don't understand like dear mr peterson <laughs> <laughs> my note here is what are they trying to portray here i have <laughs> no idea <laughs> he's just staring at that candle I, I could almost see drool coming out the bottom of his mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's not even listening to Tommy. It's not like he's li- seeing his future or anything. Right? <laughs> what was he trying to do there? Was he trying to blow out a candle? No. I think, remember before, he had his little, like, whew, 
Like, I think when he gets super excited and then like, he has this letdown, he has to expel a little air. Yeah, it just looked like he was aiming at that time. Yeah, like well... He, he, he sucked it in, he looked at the candle and was like, and he was almost disappointed when it didn't go out. And then our starry skies are back. Well, before that, I did want oh. to ask Brad, what do you... And you don't get to see much of it here, but what do you think of this attic? You know, it's, it's sort of the, just the attic that shows up in every movie, TV show where it's sort of creepy, dusky. There's a whole lot of stuff there. And it, it's, sort of, it's the sort of only thing you see, but it's still sort, sort of weirdly comfortable to sit in. And it, it's one of those things that you only see in movies. I don't know about you guys. The attics at my house either were so packed full of crap you could you could barely squeeze yourself in there or they were just completely empty in a place where you wouldn't you know there's nothing there or everything's so packed up you can't you, it would take weeks to go through it it was definitely a construct of entertain of entertainment yeah we we've often compared this attic in particular to like a a drama attic where they would have all the sets and stuff yeah where it's closet. accessible <laughs> but it's yeah a prop closet where it's accessible you're not going to find like insulation or anything up there, but it's also going to be dirty and nasty and just shoved full of crud. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. So now, Tierney, you were saying something about wonderful starry skies. Starry skies are back, but they're not wonderful. It's the end of the world. As sad as that is, for some reason I have a note written down. I don't even remember writing it now. But I said, you can make a baby mobile out of the skies of Fantasia. <laughs> well, that's definitely a glass half uh, half full uh, view of things, Thomas. There you go. Exactly. Well, All these little rocks spinning around. And these rocks have little lines around them, but I don't mind it. Because, like, well, we're in space now. This isn't, Yeah, it, it doesn't have that realism factor that the stuff on the ground did. I'm, I'm willing to let it be fantastic, even though it's no longer Fantasia. We're treated again to the uh, neck forward view of Falcor. Again, how did these two survive? This makes no sense. I have so None. many questions. Hey, they're flying through space. How come, like, his wind's billowing through his hair? There's no air in space. <laughs> Yes, I definitely have breathing? hope for that next minute. <laughs> um, Keep that in mind for tomorrow, but you might hear something about that. And tomorrow <laughs> you will also hear, although it's mostly in this minute, especially when I've had a rough day of work, the way Atreyu is lying on Falcor's neck is like my dream position to assume after a rough day. <laughs> like he is just draped. <laughs> Not a single muscle in his body is working to keep him balanced on this dog. And not only, Brad, not only did you get to see Bastion, but you also get to hear him reading again. Hey, you know what? Bastion oh, yeah. does good voiceover. That's not always easy for kids to do, but they just got a perfect where he doesn't sound too whiny. It's not too wooden, but they're not trying to make him sound like an adult either. They, they do a really good job with that in this film. Yeah. And I can't say they always do, but they do here. You know what, <laughs> I'm, though? I'm, I'm happy with it here. I'm, I'm thinking of that. I don't think my problems with him have been any time he was doing voiceover. I'm usually most critical of him in those little cutaways. Yeah, the one-word cutaways. Yeah, the one-word cutaways nearly did me in. But when he's actually reading the book, it's not the way anyone would talk, but he's not talking. He's reading aloud. Yeah. It, it sounds perfectly right for what he is doing. Right. It's tough. First off, I feel bad for any kid actor because it's not easy to do this. It's not easy to 
hit your mark and make give a good line reading and you know make sure your the lights hitting you the right way and all that stuff and then to do it in a fantasy movie where you don't get to see who you're acting against the poor kid he spent you know such a huge chunk of the movie just like in an attic like reading stuff and trying yeah, to react yeah. to that with Wolfgang Peterson staring at him yeah. intently <laughs> with, with a really irritable German staring at you. I was like, uh, <laughs> to the star Wars fans out there. I always felt bad for Jake Lloyd from, um, the first of the, oh. the star. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. It, 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 the kid got a lot of criticism and deservedly. So because he wasn't very good in that, but it wasn't really his fault. It's like, imagine you're a kid that yeah. age, and, you know, your job is to look at a ping pong ball and a stick and pretend it's Jar Jar Binks and act. Yep. That, that's yeah. tough for a trained actor, much less, you know, a little kid. I begrudge him nothing for that movie. It's, yeah. And, and you he know, it's not, not my favorite problem. movie, but he's not the problem. No. Yeah. If anything, it was the choice of direction in an eight-year-old versus a 12-year-old. But anyway, this is not Star Wars Minute. They've talked <laughs> about this ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah. As Tierney brought up yesterday, we have more to talk about tomorrow, but that's another That's the story. same story. Ah! <laughs> that shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different on the growler.